You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tetford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus, and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. And I'm just staring into his eyes. Blood's dripping off of its tines. Mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock. You know, just <laughs> laying there. Belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. In today's episode, we are going to talk about late season hunting. Jesse has never been fortunate enough to hunt late season mule deer in the rut, in the snow, in the joy, the bliss, and all the fun. So um, he's going to maybe chime in and ask a few questions throughout the podcast. But uh, I'm going to kind of go through some of the some of the different type of gear that you might have in a late season hunt like we're going on Uh because it's obviously not your typical August, uh, September type archery hunt. So, um, one of the, there's a, there's a few pieces of gear that I would 100% recommend you having. One of those being a good set of gaiters. Um, anytime you are spending all day in snow, uh, you're going to need a good set of gaiters because it just, the water no matter how good of waterproof clothing you have on, the water and snow will get through. It basically beats its way through as you're walking through it, trudging through it and everything like that. So a good set of gaiters is going to be paramount. Um, a good waterproof bottom is going to be next up to bat um, because obviously your gaiters are going to protect roughly from the knee down. Uh, if you're as short as I am, it's definitely the knee down. Um, but if you're your average person, it's about six inches below the knee down. So then you're going to have basically double waterproof layer on the bottom, which when you're in snow, that's what's going to get them take the most abuse, especially from water. Um, when you put your gaiters on, you want to make sure that the gaiters are as tight around your shoe or boot as possible. Uh, because if they're not, then the, sh- then the snow is just going to work its way up through the bottom of the gaiters. Um, and then it gets your socks wet, which leak down into your shoes, and then your feet are going to be completely wet. Now, certain kind of snow is going to get in through your gaiters no matter what you do. And then your feet and your boots are going to get wet no matter what. So chances are, if you are hunting in anywhere over a foot of snow, even really over eight inches of snow, chances are by the end of your trip, if you do it more than a day, chances are your feet will be wet. Whether it's whether if it's from sweat coming from your feet or uh, water getting in over the top of your boots. So no matter how waterproof your boots are, obviously if it gets in over the top, you are going to have wet feet. So there we've covered uh, your waterproof bottoms, which I recommend a good pair, such as you know, something like Six Sight offers. Actually, I haven't got to try the rain gear. I was meaning to say Sitka. <laughs> something that Sitka offers. Kuyu offers a good waterproof bottom. Um, I've heard good things about the First Light. I've heard good things about the Onka gear. I haven't tried either of those, but I've heard excellent things about them. So something that is a good waterproof layer. Uh, 
The next thing that I, that I always have in my pack, but I don't usually wear unless it starts sleeting or snowing, is my rain top. Um, I just I just don't wear it all that often, you know. So that's something that I don't really wear all that often, but I do have it in my pack. So uh, something else that you really wouldn't typically bring in a September hunt, unless you're like, you know, I've been snowed on in September and it's been five, 10 degrees in September in Wyoming's high country. So I bring it then as well, just because it's all that, not that all that heavy is a puffy bottom. Um, it's your insulation layer for your bottom layer. And it's just super, super helpful for when you're sitting there and you're glassing and whatever else I throw on my regular pair of pants, my puffies, and then my rain outer layer on my bottoms and I can sit there and glass for a long time like you stay toasty so when you get into these late season hunts a puffy bottom is something that I would just recommend that you have uh it's it's going to change the it's going to change your glassing game anyone that goes out and hunts uh mule deer knows that glassing is the game glassing is where you're going to win so you have to spend time generally behind your glass in order for you to find something that you can hunt. So if you are sitting there, you're comfortable, you're warm, you have your puffy bottoms, you have a puffy top, um, you're going to, chances are you're going to be a lot more willing to glass a lot longer if you're staying warm. You know, it's when you start getting cold that you want to get up and move, you don't want to glass as long, and then that can be detrimental to you finding good deer to be able to hunt. So that's a puffy bottom. The next thing is obviously the puffy top. Um, once again, this is actually becoming more and more my go-to jacket. Um, it is basically windproof. It is all but waterproof and it is insanely warm and lightweight. So if I had to choose one single jacket that is going to be in my pack for every single hunt of the year, it's my puffy, it's my puffy jacket. I will take that jacket over my jet stream jacket. I will take it over my uh my sweaters i i just love my puffy jacket like that thing is the weight to heat ratio or insulation ratio is absolutely insane and like i say it is basically waterproof all but waterproof and uh it's just an awesome awesome jacket to have on any hunt especially especially in the late season um i just absolutely love my puffy jacket so another thing that I would recommend doing it depends on what kind of hunt you're going on. If you know you're going on a backpack hunt, um, like Ryan Lampers and Joey Pyburn just did in the the Eagle Cap, you know, where they went way deep into the wilderness and they had it all on their back and everything like that, then I would not recommend taking a second pair of boots. But if you are doing something where you have a base camp and your car or vehicle, whatever else is parked right by your base camp, and you're walking, you know, you come back to base camp, drive the car someplace else, you park, you walk six, seven, eight, nine, ten miles that day, come back, go back to base camp. I would recommend putting in an extra pair of boots because um, chances are your base camp is going to have some sort of stove or heater of some sort. And if it does, um, then you can switch one pair of boots out, let them dry out, wear the other boots. Um, for like this late season hunt, we're expecting there to be quite a bit of snow. Last we checked, um, there was... Uh, ass load of snow there um so 
we're expecting to have wet feet at the end of the day, no matter what you do in snow and walking that many miles. You know, it doesn't matter if it's two miles in the snow. If it's all snow that's over the top of your boots, even with gaiters, chances are your feet will be wet. So being able to put on dry boots the next day and let the other ones dry out by the heater overnight uh, or as dry as possible is a really huge plus. So an extra pair of boots. Something else that you might want to bring uh, once again, uh, especially if you think that snow is going to be any kind of deep. So post holing sucks. And for those of you that don't know what that is, that is basically when the crust of the snow is just strong enough for you to put weight on your foot. And as soon as you put all your body weight, you drop through the crust of the snow and you're in like 18 inches of snow. That's post holing. And if you do that any amount of time, like the people like Zach Griffith that hunt the hunt the late season elk hunt, they post hole a lot. And, and that's why he's in such good shape. I mean, the dude is in immaculate shape because post holing and walking in that much snow takes a ton of effort and time. And I commend him for being able to hunt stuff like that because it is working your ass off. So having some sort of snowshoes is awesome to have. Like I've walked three, four, five miles with snowshoes and I wouldn't have been able to make it that far without snowshoes because I would have been post-holing the whole time. And I feel that you can just, with less effort, you can cover as much or more ground with snowshoes than without them. You know, and I'm not saying that you would probably make your final stock with the snowshoes on. I don't know. Um, you could probably try it. However, uh, it just depends on how loud the snowshoes are and everything along those lines. So having uh, having snowshoes would be a huge plus. Um, next thing that I recommend bringing is uh, is extra pants. You know, obviously when you carry something in your backpack, it's a lot harder to take multiple changes of pants. Uh, same with multiple change, multiple changes of clothing. Get basically so multiple pants, multiple socks, multiple shirts, because chances are your lowers are going to get wet from sweat as well as snow, and your uppers are going to get wet from snow or from sweat. So you want to have dry clothing to be able to change in and out of uh, as much as possible, because as soon as you start getting cold and sweaty. Uh, the, the chances of hypothermia and everything like that goes up and nobody wants to be in that situation. So once again, bring extra changes of all clothing if you are hunting out of a base camp with a vehicle uh, where you don't have to worry about having it all on your back. You know, obviously that would completely change if you were backpacking in somewhere like on this trip, for instance, we brought lots of changes of clothes, but we also brought, you know, a lightweight tent and a lightweight stove and everything like that, just in case we see some deer in a spot that we want to backpack into, camp, spike out for the night, wake up in their bedroom or, or a lot closer to them in the morning, as opposed to walking three, four miles in the dark and trying to be there, you know, from base camp. Like, I would rather backpack in, be a mile away from the deer uh, and wake up kill a deer, then backpack everything out, then try and backpack in through the dark. Because backpacking in through the dark is just, it's not really all that much fun. And it's its pretty crappy in the snow and everything like that. So um, another thing that, 
that could be beneficial to you is bringing a day pack as opposed to just a frame pack. Now, there are pros and cons to that. Um, you can have a, a day pack that uh, you can have a day pack that has basically everything that you need. But in my opinion, the cons are if you're going to walk over somewhere, be it one mile, two mile, three miles, four miles, or five miles, and shoot a deer or an elk or whatever else, a deer especially, um, I would prefer to walk in there, kill the animal, bone it out, pack the whole animal out in one trip, especially like a deer or an antelope-sized animal. So I figure, why not just pack in with a frame pack that has all the stuff that you need for the day, you know, in the pack, um, or in the lid or whatever else, and then using compression straps to compress it down and make it as clean as possible. Why not do something along those lines? Uh, because then you can just pack the animal out in the same trip rather than packing some out in your day pack, pack coming out to camp, getting your frame pack, and going all the way back in. Like It just makes a lot more sense to me uh, to just take the frame pack on one trip and not really have to worry about it. You know, because you're already in there, you might as well save yourself time, effort, money, and energy, and uh, just get out in one trip. Um, another thing is when you're sitting and glassing in super cold weather like this, chances are we'll be sitting in snow and glassing. So something that's really nice to bring is some sort of pad to sit on. You know, I'm not I'm not saying some great big seat to sit on, but even sitting on some sort of foil that is going to bring the radiant heat back to your body or one of those heat seats. I, I don't even know if they weigh a pound, you know, they're super lightweight. And once again, that is going to add into you being more comfortable and being able to glass that much longer because anyone that has been out glassing deer, um, it's something that just takes time. Usually, you know, you, you sit, you glass, even if it's an hour long glassing session, if you're not sitting on something that's warm and your butt gets cold, it's going to start making your whole body cold and that just sucks. Then you're cold and miserable and you don't want to glass anymore and you want to start walking and looking for deer. And by the time you see the deer, the deer have already seen you and they're gone. So glassing is very important. Another good thing to glass for a long time is a good set of gloves. You know, whether it's a super heavy pair of gloves that you just wear while glassing um, and holding on to those cold monoculars and the cold tripod and everything like that. Um, a super heavy pair works really well. And then when the stock is on, shed off into a lighter pair. Like the pair that I have from Sitka has a really heavy duty waterproof layer, uh, windproof layer with leather that's, that's adds insulation. But when it's time to get moving and everything, I can pull it out and just wear the liners. And the liners themselves are a fleece liner, and they're super warm, super comfortable. Um, and I would go with something along those lines because it's kind of the best of both worlds. Now I have other pairs of gloves that I brought on this trip because I kind of have my favorite pair of gloves, the mountain gloves I really like from Sitka. They have the wind stopper in them and everything like that. Um, and I just love them. I can, I can feel enough things with them that – I don't feel like they're hindering my performance, which is which is super important. So another thing that you might really be interested in having is some sort of the hand warmers. And by that, I mean the chemically activated hand warmers that produce heat as soon as they touch air. Now, 
you may think that having those inside your boots would be super uncomfortable, but if you can get them in the right position up by your toes, they actually are not all that com uncomfortable. Um, I have walked and, and I've walked all day with them in, but I've also worked all day with them in on my feet all day walking around and my feet didn't get sore, but they were also warm. Um, also, they're great to put inside your chest pocket to keep your chest cavity warm or throw inside where your hand pockets are, obviously to keep your hands warm. Um, next thing is some sort of face mask that covers your neck, face mask type neck gaiter. Um, yeah, there's an amazing amount of heat loss that comes out of your face slash neck area uh, that when it is super cold and frigid, you just don't want to be losing. So uh, one of my favorite hoodies that I wear uh, from Sitka is that one that zips basically diagonally across your face and the mask comes all the way up by your nose. Um, that is a super beneficial way to have a face mask and a hood on your, you know, that you're wearing. And then I can take my, uh, my ultralight hoodie and I put that puffy hoodie over that hood and I almost can't even feel the wind. Like it's insane how much, how warm that little setup right there is. And then my face and my nose is protected from the wind, um, as well as my neck, keeping all the heat in and, you know, circulating in through my body and in through my layers and everything like that. Then obviously a base layer, but I wear a base layer for more than just a late season hunt like this. Um, another thing that we are doing, uh, like I said, we are we have a base camp set up and we are going to be coming back to that base camp every night. And our plan is to just cover more miles through the day unless we find a herd of deer that we want to camp next to. The plan is to just cover more miles throughout the day and cover as much country as possible because it's a new it's new country to us. So we are looking to locate deer and walk more um, as opposed to hiking in somewhere and camping up and just hoping that we're in the right spot. So we, our plan is to cover as much, many miles as possible. So with that being said, at our base camp, we each have cots. And, you know, cots can be a good thing if you have a good sleeping pad. So um, a good sleeping pad with like an R value of around five is you know, that's going to insulate you well enough that you stay warm. But what we also do, what we also have is we have uh, a, a piece of reflective, it's actually for roofing. And basically what you do is you're going to lay that down first on your cot, then you're going to lay your sleeping pad down, then your sleeping bag. And what that piece of reflective material does is it reflects the radiant heat from your body back to you rather than letting it just go through the cot into dead space air, uh, or, or not, sorry, uh, flowing space air, which is going to make you just freeze your ass off. So um, having that, that piece of foil in there is going to help you have your radiant heat come back to your body and keep you that much warmer. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of a few of the things that we are taking on this late season hunt that wouldn't be your normal, um, you know, your normal thing that you would take on a bow hunt. But once again, it's late season. Um, so really, really looking forward to this hunt. Uh, really going to try and cover as much country as we possibly can. Uh, putting in the legwork, getting away from the roads, everything like that. Um, 
Because if you have to walk three miles in two foot of snow to get back in somewhere, chances are there's not going to be that many other people. <laughs> so, so that's, uh, that's kind of our plan is to get back in as far from the roads as we can. We realize that we're in an area where it's populated with roads, four wheelers, that kind of stuff. But when there's that much snow and it takes that much effort, um, the guys that put in the effort win every single time, hands down, 100%. So, uh, with that said, thank you guys for tuning in. I don't know, Jesse, do you have anything you want to add? No, I was just, I was just listening, talking, talking up. I was trying not to cut you off, I guess. And uh, I was just wondering about, you know, like that puffy coat you're talking about. Is there a certain brand? Because I know there's one that you always have with you that you really liked or something because you hadn't said. And then I know there's also like some, like, Obviously, if you're backpacking, if you are only taking one pair of boots, I know for sure there's better ones than others, a more lightweight pair, but they have a, a good enough insulation quality. Because like me personally, I don't like a high, as high of an R-value boot because my feet actually sweat, even being that cold, especially if I'm hiking hard. But it's kind of, you know what I mean? You need an in-between, I guess. And I know that there's a certain boot you personally like. Um, yeah, that was my main yeah cool man that that's some great input so um with the puffy jacket i have tried a few of the puffy jackets i've tried the six sight gears puffy jacket um the nucius i believe is what they call it something along those lines and then i have tried the ultralight hoodie from sitka um the the nucius is actually supposed to have a higher insulation value or whatever you call it um but I feel that the the Sitka keeps me warmer. I think the loft in that jacket is more, so it allows you to heat up the, uh, you know, you're heating up air, dead air space, which then adds to insulation. The Sitka one has a hoodie. The Six Sight does not. I really love the hoodie. It keeps in so much heat for me on my head and everything like that. Even if I have a good beanie, I just like the hoodie. Yeah, it makes it harder to hear things and whatever else, but it regulates the body temperature between your core and your head, so I really like having a hood. Now, with that being said, there are a ton of other puffy jackets on the market that ought, that have a hood as well that I've never tried. So I'm not saying that it's the end-all, be-all Sitka, because I know First Light makes a good one. I think QU makes a good one. Um, I believe Anka has a good one. So there's a lot of other ones out there that I just haven't been fortunate enough to try. So if you have one of those, it could probably be the ticket as well. As far as boots go, I wear boots with almost zero insulation because much like Jesse, my feet sweat no matter what I'm doing. My feet sweat in a pair of leather cowboy boots when all I have is uh, cotton socks on and I have the air conditioner blowing on my feet. My feet still sweat. So they're always hot no matter what I do. So my current boots right now are actually Akus, A-K-U. I know I had never heard of them either until I bought them. And they have been one of my favorite pair of boots. I I can't even know. I had some Loas, didn't really like them. Under Armour, they never they just always fall apart on me. So these Akus are awesome. Um, now Under Armours, I'm that's not bashing them. I you know they may work great for other people. I just the, the whether it's the way I walk or what I do weird, I don't even know. But they just don't hold up for me. So these Akus are awesome. Besides the fact that the very first trip out I had them, I hiked like literally all together, like 20 or 30 miles in two foot of snow 
anywhere from 14 inches to 18 inches of snow. And it was snowing, raining, sleeting the whole time. It was a total pain in the ass. It was a real bitch to hike in. And the whole time until the snow got to where it was a harder crust snow that, you know, makes really good snowballs until it got like that and was packing up under my boots, my feet stayed dry and that completely blew me away. But that final day where they didn't stay dry, I was had them there by the fire to try and dry them out. And I took my insoles out and one of the insoles literally fell in the flipping fire. So I had to reach into the fire and pull my insole out. And then I looked down at my boot and my boots were got a little toasty. They were dry, but they got a little toasty and melted a little on them. So besides that, these boots are absolutely amazing. And on top of it, they were $130. Like, I honestly do not know how you could beat a pair of boots that take that much abuse and they're still waterproof. They're still super comfortable. I changed the insoles out, but I am super impressed with these Akus. So, like I said, I've tried Loa's. I've tried uh, the Under Armour Fat Tires, uh, the Under Armour Mid GTX boots. Um, both those fell apart on me. The Loa's have stayed together. They've held up really well. But when I very first bought the Loa's, they were never waterproof. And I don't know why they were supposed to be, but they never were. So that's something that's super frustrating. Um, I have tried Irish Setters. Irish Setters boots have always been very warm for me. Um, and I had, I think, a 400 gram Thinsulate. So my feet stayed super warm. What I do with my current pair of boots is I just wear thicker wool socks, depending on how cold it actually is going to be. And that generally keeps my feet warm enough. Um, unless I'm sitting for a super, super long time glassing, which usually my glassing sessions are not that long. Um, cause much like Jason Carter, I don't really glass and super monotonously and pick apart a hillside. I glass a hillside like 20, 30 times in a sitting and I look for color change. I look for movement. I look for, uh, things like that. So, you know, both ways work for everybody. It just depends the type of person that you are. And much like Jason, I'm a much more active mover type person than I am a sit and pick apart hillside apart type person. So, um, I usually glass very quickly. I grid it off and I glass the whole grid and I do it again. And then I do it again. And then I do it again. And then I do it again, like literally 20, 30 times. And then I move to the next piece of real estate to glass. So I'm getting up, I'm walking, um, getting under the hillside and doing things like that. But, uh, so that, what that allows me to not have to have super insulated boots, um, because I don't really do much tree stand hunting where I sit in a tree stand all day. If I did something like that, I could absolutely see where you would want thousand gram thinsulate boots with toe warmers in there um, just to keep your feet warm in the, in the tree stand because there's no movement whatsoever, you know? So that is kind of some of the, some of the gear, specific gear that I use. Um, and my current gators are Sitka gators, the, the heavy duty ones. I absolutely love them. Uh, as far as strength wise, I don't think you can beat them. I don't think there's anything on the market that's even close to as tough as them. The bottom layer is that leathery rubber stuff. And I, I don't know how you could like, you could maybe take a knife and cut through it. But other than that, I don't think you could rip it. I, I really don't. I, they're just insanely tough. So anyways, good to go. Is that all you had? Yeah. Yeah. That's all you had. That was the main question. There were some other Okay, cool, man. So 
Yeah, so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for chiming in, Jesse. That helped me go in depth on some things that I'm sure other people had questions on too. So that yeah, yeah, that was perfect. So uh, there you have it. That is kind of some things late season that you might not think to take, but you really should take. So thank you guys for tuning in. Seriously appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are... Eastman Elevated with Bride and Barney. And Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. And a special thanks to... Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.